were just two regular dudes from a state far away. I wouldn't want to live in. They DJ and lift weights. They think they are so great, but no one cared about their opinions. So they start a podcast, I-O-L-T-O-S. I only like their old stuff. That's what they'd say. Whether they hate or hype, they're almost never Cobra Kai. Nah, that's different. That's different fandom. Did you did you start recording? Just now, yeah. Shit. Yo, hold on one second. I'm gonna put the microphone down just for a second. Alright. They can't see the video on the recording. I know, but like I didn't want dead air. I'm just saying maybe we edit that out. <laughs> we we'll edit that out. Yeah, we <laughs> we yeah, what you know, we sit down and we edit the show together every week and yeah. <laughs> that is rich. <laughs> that is rich. That is rich. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why did this not? What's up? Hold on, I'm trying to make my windows like work. There we go. Getting everything laid out on my second monitor. You know, man, for the past fucking 20 years of our friendship, you've been giving me a hard time for having a Mac. Yeah. And I've never come to you about my computer not working. Yeah, but you don't. And every other week. Do anything complicated with with your your computer. computer. Yeah, you don't push the limits of your computer at at all. Like, of course it works. Oh, you're out here on the edge? Yeah, here on the edge of, yeah. of computer to yeah. pushing the limits. Uh, <laughs> fucking, fucking Christian Slater and more pump up you. the volume over here. Fucking war games over here. More than you do. <laughs> fucking hackers. Yeah. Fucking 1989 Angelina I'm, Jolie hackers. I'm saying that, that I do more than just email. Play YouTube videos. I'm out here on Discord now. Check me out. <laughs> yeah, because of me. You know what I was thinking about today? What? A baby. <laughs> I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. A baby. <laughs> I wish oh, I had man. the uh, I wish I had effects on here. I would do like the chorus thing where you can like make yourself you know, double your yeah. audio so I could do the I've, I've, I've kissed by Kiss on It's the like there's so many seals. There's so many seals. How? You know, you know, the truth is whoever what? that engineer was was really actually at the cutting edge of computers. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was, he was pushing. Yeah, I'm sure it was a PC. It wasn't a Mac. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's why they had so many problems. This is episode 162 of Online Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we answer the question, What's the hype? I'm Jay Hill, and with me is Groove. 
I thought this was 163, but I had already set everything up last week when we didn't record. So I was like, went back and looked and was like, oh shit, yeah, it's actually 162. Because yeah, I already made a file for time, it and stuff. Every time when you say, where we answer the question, what's the hype? I always want to interrupt you with the Tim Allen type of. Uh-huh. <laughs> What that passed for comedy back in the nineties? Out that used to what be a time. Hilarious. It was like, oh man, I never would have thought to grunt like that. The way he grunts is just so funny. He's a dude. You understand? He likes tools. <laughs> he loves tools. I love tools too. I'm a guy. He I tools. Love tools. Also, he's gonna get wisdom from his neighbor who you can't see, and then he's yeah. gonna come back into the house and wrap up the episode by misquoting. It, you know, actually, that's called a malapropism, well, right? Where you, where you like take something when someone you else like, told you and then use it, like change it to meet your own needs or whatever. Well, no, in Home Improvement, Tim Allen's character never intentionally changed the language. He would he would half remember that uh, was the joke, right? Yeah. Is he was trying his best to be wise like his neighbor, and he yeah. would half remember it. Um, but when you use a word incorrectly and try to like you're you unintentionally use a word incorrectly, that's called a malapropism, yeah. which is named after a character in a Shakespeare play called Malaprop, who constantly did that, hmm. and that was like the comedy device of that character. And that's there's your English lesson today. That could be a total lie, and I would just have to believe it because it's too ridiculous to be. Made up, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, his name was Malaprop. It was, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. That's like I mean, today, funny. T- today, my nephew said to me, <laughs> we were talking about uh, Waxahachie, and he was like, Yeah, a friend of mine went water ski, went uh, my friend of mine went jet skiing with uh, Katie Crutchfield. What, yeah, he was like, A friend of mine went, went, went uh, jet skiing with Katie Crutchfield from Waxahachie, and I was like, You know what. That could be a complete lie, but I have to believe it because that's something that like you just wouldn't make that up, you know. If you're gonna lie about something like that, you want to go super big because then it's like, yeah, it's like like being at a party and being like, yeah, uh, I went to middle school with Christian Slater. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, who's gonna like? Yeah, he was only he like transferred for just a little while. He was only there for like a month, but then who's gonna who's gonna deny you? You know. So I was I was half right and half wrong. Okay. I went and looked it up. Malapropism or malaprop, the mistaken use of a word in a place of a similar sounding one, often with an amusing effect. Mm-hmm. Origin, mid-19th century from the name of the character Mrs. Malaprop in Sheridan's play, The Rivals, oh. in 1775. So yeah, I've, I've, I've done myself there. There we go. See, you an unintentional lie. It was a malapropism. Like a malapropism. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was oddly appropriate. It's the gift of the malaprop. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe that's the name of the episode. It's great. I don't even know how to spell malaprop. M a l a p r o p. It's it's yeah, it's exactly. What's that? You got any housekeeping? <clears throat> um, welcome to Portland, bitch. <laughs> I love that that line got the, the callback uh, in that episode. We'll get to it later. Um, yeah. I just put in the, uh, before we recorded, I put in the IOLTOS Instagram group. I said, is there anything y'all want us to talk about on the show tonight? 
And uh, of course, they didn't trust me at first, which is what they should, you know, was the correct way to approach that. Then they said a bunch of shit, and we ain't gonna talk about none of that shit. <laughs> bunch, <laughs> bunch of simp's, bunch of simp's. You know, they, they started chiming in, and I was like, "Man, get your own fucking podcast." Yeah, y'all start your own podcast about our podcast, since you got so much to say about it. <laughs> yeah, bunch of bunch of simp's just simping. I do have rude. one piece. Yeah. Of uh, of housekeeping. Remember okay. last week when I was like, "Oh, Matt, I had some news, but I don't know if I'm allowed to share it." Yeah. That motherfucker's got an ass tattoo that is gorgeous. An ass tattoo? That's what it was? He he just got it. He got it like he texted me that he got it when we were recording. Oh. See, I thought it was going to be something like, I mean, granted, this no, is life changing, but I thought it was going to be something like he was moving away or something. I don't know. Nah, he, uh, he's got this like, it's this gorgeous, very <laughs> colorful. Hopefully he sends at least. The image that he got tattooed to the group chat. Yeah. It's a unicorn. <laughs> and it's like a My Little yeah. Pony style unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, perfect is he, for. Is he a brony? <laughs> well, that begs the question, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know the full story behind it. I think it's America themed. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's cute. And if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have an ass tattoo, it may as well be cute, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So he was I was like, hey, can I say that on the podcast? He's like, I don't know about that. You might not want to let me think about it. Because there's no telling who listens to us up here in Rhode Island, but we're pretty yeah. sure there's not too many people in Rhode Island listen to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what does it matter anyway? They, I mean, unless it's just like he's gonna get fired from his job or something. Well, under the unicorn, it says IOLTOS two-time number one fan. Does it? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> no. Then I would be impressed. Maybe. Well, if he got, if he got, if he got that, he might be yeah. three-time. But yeah, we'll never but know. no, he's not. Um, well, that's uh, not nearly as exciting as I thought it would be. But I'm also, uh, you know, in a way, also doubly exciting, like more exciting than I thought it would be. So. Kind of both, you know? I thought it was going to be something like, you know, oh, his house got foreclosed on or something, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was more positive, I guess, than, than what I had thought. So. You want to you wanna clear up the record about uh, Bill's D&D story? Uh, I guess so. We just leave that with us? So Bill... Bill fact-checked Groove's telling of his D&D group thing. Wasn't quite as epic as Groove had made it out to be, but nonetheless, it still is an impressive story that uh, spans decades. So, well, at uh, least not, say that the, the Dungeon Master did when he was eight years old. Yeah. Stand in line to or see Star Wars. OG Star Wars. Got the, yeah. Yeah, and he got the OG D&D game. They played several campaigns over the years, but three campaigns over 10 years. That's a pretty yeah. long, and still long campaigns. Interpersonal things cause different ones to fall apart. But uh, I was saying it makes it's a plot for a good, you could see somebody make a movie out of that, you know? Totally. You could make a, a story movie about that. like friends from childhood to adulthood playing role playing games and having different conflicts also, with each other. He also weighed in on, on Elton John. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he said uh, goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. I think was the uh, is that this name of the album? 
I know it's a song. He said, yeah, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, 1973, opens with Funeral for Fire for a Friend, Love Lies, Bleeding, an 11-minute track from which no rational human would cut even one second, Candle in the Wind, Benny and the Jets, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the song has no title, and Gray Seal. That's the musical equivalent of Michael Jordan telling his teammates to clear the goddamn lane and then dropping 35 in the first half. Victim yeah. of Love, 1979, opens with an eight-minute cover of Johnny B. Good. It's roughly eight minutes too long. Cocaine is a hell of a drug until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, that, that Yellow Brick Road album is really good. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be listening to that first thing tomorrow. Yeah, it wasn't on my list, but it should be. It would be in my top five, I think. Sweet. I like that song a lot. Um, Yeah. Is there any other housekeeping stuff? Nah. I'm trying to move it along because you got you to gotta get up early tomorrow. Tell me about it, man. <sighs> well, you got to get up that early. I just don't go to bed. I'm just like, fuck it. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to catch some Z's. Yeah, you know? get That's a couple nice. hours. Um, what's the hype? Well, um, two things. One, I, I, I can't, I, I was listening to this, uh, podcast called IndieCast. Yeah. I've mentioned it before. Um, and they just in the course of a regular conversation, they mentioned sophomore albums and then they got to like, what's the best sophomore album. Mm. And they talked about it for a little bit. And so I got to think about that question and I wound up texting a couple of my friends and then putting it on the, um, we have a whiteboard at the Providence Bravo Club that <clears throat> sometimes we'll just write a question on it and see who has answers for it. Yeah. Um, we don't do it all the time, but here and there we'll put a question up, like what's your favorite Christmas movie or, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes it's a pot stirring question. And uh, I put that on there. I wound up with, uh, that's like 25 albums. Look at that list of, al- or, yeah, of albums. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of albums. And, um, a lot of good, a lot of good albums here. I'm gonna throw some at, yeah. throw these at you. Never mind, which can be argued as one of the goats for sure because of the cultural impact. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it suffers. I think it suffers a little bit in its re-listenability, though. Yeah, I I'm not. It's funny that I I down my '90s rabbit hole of nuts, tragic '90s alt bands yeah. you know i uh i was looking at some nirvana stuff recently on youtube and nirvana is one of those bands that i appreciate what they did but i think they're wildly overrated and i never was really into them myself but i do like that nevermind album because it's like it's like pearl jam i uh, like the 10 album is like great album don't really care about the rest of their stuff nevermind good album don't really care about the rest of their stuff but uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't listened to the whole thing in forever. Yeah. Um. um Paul's boutique. Mm, DC Boys. Yeah. Uh, Astral Weeks, which you know for me is highly rated. Astral Weeks by uh, Van uh, Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't be. AT- I'm not familiar with his first album, so you know. Yeah. But I mean, Astral Weeks. <laughs> I mean, it stands on its own. It's yeah. like one of the all times. AT Aliens. No, you'd like that. I was gonna say that was that might be my pick. AT Aliens. Yeah. yeah what Alcance. about Siamese Dream? That's it. That's the answer. <laughs> I, think. <laughs> I think that might be the answer. That's in there. That's in the discussion for there's, sure. 
there's some more in here that I think you're going to be like, Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Cause like most of these, for, most of these for me are good calls. Um, the bins. I was about to say that one by Radiohead, mm-hmm. Radiohead second album, which, which is my favorite Radiohead album. It's not their best album. Oh, really? It's not their best album. It's my favorite. Yeah. What's the best? Uh, okay. Computer by far. Yeah. It's just like their dark side of the moon. You know, it's like their perfect album. Like in rainbows, I think is a close second to that one. And yeah. it might be my favorite album, depending on what day you ask me. Um, but I, I do love the bins. But the bins is one of those albums that's like you see the early, do you see the the wheels turning, but they're not up to speed yet. And then they use that experience to make a computer. You know, one of my friends said the band, which is the title of the band's second album. I uh, I, I, I wouldn't know. spend that much time with them. Yeah, I I'm uh, I like the songs that I like. I mean, that are on the radio sure. by them or whatever. But. Uh, Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music is Sturgill's second album, which is a good inclusion, but not one that you spent much time with, I don't think. Mm. Low End Theory. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a buddy of mine said Dirt from Alice in Chains. Yeah, there's an argument we made for that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be what I would pick, but I'm just not that well versed in Alice in Chains you know so yeah I do like them D'Angelo's second album is Voodoo that was yeah. one of the sleepers that was a good one yeah Late Registration mm-hmm. um, The Downward Spiral yeah It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back yep um, Pinkerton mm. Fut- Future Sex Love Sounds old Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake yeah the score oh yeah i didn't even know that was the second album i thought that was their first album. i didn't either i had to go look it up yeah um that one almost is like yeah i mean i guess it counts but it's like i had no no clue it's almost like their first out you know it's like it's almost like their only album yeah (laughs) yeah for sure um blonde from Frank ocean i Mm -hmm. think it's probably my number two back to black from uh, amy winehouse Mm mm-hmm 21, I think, is a fair inclusion yeah, from Adele. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Purgatory from Tyler Childers. You don't really fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And then Anderson Pack's Malibu. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of really good albums. Oh, yeah. And there's probably a bunch more. I'm wondering if Transatlanticism is Death Cab's second album. I think it was their third album. Yeah. That would be one. Um, Modest Mouse's second album. Uh, the Lonesome Crowded West. Is that their second album? It kind of depends on how you judge their early stuff because their early stuff was so single driven. Uh-huh. But their first label album was. This is a long drive? Yeah. And then I think the second one is uh, Lonesome Crowded West. So. Well, if it's Lonesome Crowded West, put it up there. <sighs> yeah. I mean, got to. For I don't. Sure. I, once again, not their best album, but sophomore album great what is that what you think what do you say they're better good news no i uh i think that uh moon and antarctica is probably their best um but i i would uh i would i would say i would vote for building nothing out of something but it's not really an album yeah all b-sides we talked about this before and i thought that was what you said was your favorite it is my favorite Building nothing out of something, thought, but it's a collection of of B sides, so a lot of people don't consider it an album, you know? Yeah, but I was asking you what your favorite was. 
Wasn't I? No, I said what's your best. You said what's the best? I thought you said yeah. Loves and Crowded West was your favorite. No, no, no. I, it is one of it's like probably my second favorite, but I think the Moon okay. and Antarctica out of their like ma- their major label counts as an album things. I think Moon and Antarctica is the best. I do think Bill. Uh, good news is is up there. It's really good. I mean, I think that yeah. it gets unfairly like. People say it's their sellout album or whatever, but it's not. It's not fair because it's just a really good album, you know. Yeah, I mean, just because everybody else happens to like it too doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah, I mean, well, that was a time where if indie rock blew up, it was like, oh, <laughs> they sold out. Now it's not the case. Yeah. Like if somebody, if some indie rock thing gets on the radio, or something, you're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, it was them. much more like, you know, hipstery like backlash towards that stuff. Which is kind of yeah. like I think leftover from like post punk, you know, after the punk of the nineties, you know, so much of that in that whole scene. But um, I just watched Anthony Fantano. You know who he is? Yeah, he's a. I mean, he's like a YouTube music critic, I guess, self made. Yeah, but he's done such a hell of a job that he's, you know, he's considered to be a critic. I yeah, I cool. yeah I I just say that, that he doesn't work for like Spin Magazine or anything. He's he's his own thing and he's made his own thing. And I watched he had uh, he just released uh, his tears of the Modest Mouse albums. Oh really? Yeah, and I, I agreed with most of it. Um, yeah, he ranked their latest one as like <laughs> almost F tier, like bad. <laughs> I don't know, I agree with that, but the the, yeah. the other ones I agree, I pretty much agreed with. He he put Moon and Antarctica lower than I would have, but um. I don't know. That's the one. I mean, that's the one. That's the one that made me got me into them. Yeah, Sp- Speed Eddie and I started listening to. He bought, I think he bought Lonesome Crowded West and Moon in Antarctica, and we listened to Lonesome Crowded West over and over again before we listened to the other ones. So that's kind of my introduction to them. But when we were on a road trip, is what that's how I got introduced to Modest Mouse. But yeah, I think that that you know. It's got what never-ending math equation on it, and on the moon and Antarctica, and yeah, third planet. Yeah, doing the cockroaches on there too. I think. No, that's on Lonesome Crowded West. Is it really? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Pre- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, d- yeah. Dude, dude, Lonesome Crowded West is just banger after banger. Oh, it's great. That yeah, song, it's doing the cockroach. Like I don't. Every time it starts, I'm like, I don't like this song. Yeah, I don't like this song. It's not and a song. I listen to it. I'm like. <laughs> But it, but it's so good that by the end of it, I'm like, fuck that. This is amazing. It's like a throwaway anyway, joke, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's really good. I, I have, yeah, I have Linson Crowded West and Moon and Antarctica, the two that I have on vinyl. But I was looking at what the. So my, my, my secondary hype. Yeah. I ordered my bat chance. Yeah. Get the shirt. And I got the hoodie and the hat and a sticker and a pin. Really? Did that? Did you have to buy all that separate, or they have like a combo pack for that? No, it was like a packet. It, oh, yeah, it, was? it was? That must pack. be new. Yeah, it had to be new because I could. I don't think I could get a t-shirt. I was trying to find the t-shirt. Yeah. And it was like hoodie and a hat, and I was like, "All right, hoodie and a hat." That's and then cool. I opened the box, and it's a hoodie and a hat, three bottles of Bad Chance, and then oh, whoa, whoa! I got a sticker and I got a pin. In a pin? Is it the octopus on the pin? Yes, yeah, the octopus enamel pen with the octopus. I put that shit on my fanny pack. Damn, that's dope. That's really hype. <laughs> yeah, that's I was, hype. I was ready. I was gonna be uh, 
wearing the hat and the hoodie <laughs> yeah, while we were recording yeah, just to yeah, flex yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to sell it out. Yo, it took every ounce of self-discipline not to send a picture <laughs> of that team as soon as I got it. I you got to send it to I the, just got it send it to the like group. An hour ago. Yeah, send it to the group. Yeah, send it to the group. Uh, what color is the hoodie? It's a black hoodie. It's nice. just got the little octopus on it. Uh, just a little octopus right over the, you know, the the heart. That's cool, man. Now I'm jealous. Yeah, it's I'm a jealous. little bit long of a hoodie. Like it's a little long and I don't know how much I'm going to be wearing it, but you know I'm going to fucking keep that shit in my closet for whenever you come visit. Pull it out. <laughs> I don't care if it's in the middle of July. Like I'm going to wear that hoodie right in your face. Yeah. I like a long hoodie. No, you're a long dude. Yeah. True. That all hoodie, torso, like all torso, is is long and narrow, and that's that's two things I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your hype? Uh, my hype is that Jackie got the first dose of the vaccine. Um, my wife. Oh. Um, for those that don't know, and uh, yeah, so she's got the kids are coming back to school and stuff, and so we've been really worried because she's you know she's she's immunocompromised as it is, so. She got the vaccine, and I'm like excited about that because she's like my favorite person in the world, besides you, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, nah, but I'm just like I'm glad that she got it. I mean, that I, I will be excited when I get it too. But <laughs> yeah, it's good that she's getting it. Well, getting it done. So, and my parents got it too. So that's really my my parents got the second one. So they're 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 good. So I'm true. glad about that. Yeah, some hype. That's good. Yeah. When's she getting that second dose? It's like three more weeks, I guess. A lot of people yeah. that I talked to that got that second dose, man, that that knocked them out. Yeah, she felt a little bad from this one, but yeah, I've heard that second one is like varying degrees of uh, reactions to it. But yeah, um, well, that's cool, man. Yeah, kudos. Yeah, sweet. She got it because she's a teacher. Yeah, the school system finally got them in the the line or whatever. So. I mean, they should have done it. They should have been in the first wave with the health people, I think, if they wanted to send the kids back. But whatever, that's a political discussion for another day. Yeah. Yeah, what's uh, what's not the hype? Well, I'll tell you what's not the hype is the fact that I got to wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah, that's not the hype. That's not the hype. I mean, we're going out to uh, Salt Lake City tomorrow. A couple of us from the club going out to Salt Lake to do a competition and Wow. We're, all, we're flying out of Boston because we got a direct flight from Boston. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's not the hype is that I'm not that hyped to travel. Like, I'm hyped about the competition. I'm hyped about these these kids out here getting a chance to compete again. Yeah. Um, it's, it's It should be a pretty well-run competition. <clears throat> it's yeah. the first one that they're doing that's hybrid. Yeah. So there's some people that are going to be doing it online in real time. And yeah. then there's some people that are going to be doing it in person. And um, yeah, it's kind of a hassle, you know, in the sense that we had to get a COVID test within a certain date range. We got to prove that we have that negative result. I haven't been in an airport in what, 14 months. Yeah. And, and we got to drive to Boston, which is kind of, you know, it's, that's just generically kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, the Boston airport sucks. Parking sucks. You know, and the fact that I got to load up, we're meeting at the club and, you know, five of us loading in the same car and then driving up to Boston. That's, you know, you, you, you don't, I think when it comes to travel, when you're traveling with people, yeah. it's better to keep the numbers down, you know, yeah. cause everybody oh, yeah. travels a little bit different, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and 
We're going to exacerbate that situation by the fact that we're going to be driving at 5 a.m. Yeah, so everybody's going to be in a bad mood. Everybody's going to be in a bad yeah. mood, under-caffeinated, stressed out, worried about making it on time. Yeah. You know, and um, it'll it'll turn out being great. It'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and, and, it, and I'm hype on the trip itself um, because I, you know, because I love, I love watching people that I coach compete. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing them learn and test themselves and that kind of stuff is super satisfying but does it gotta be a fucking 4 a.m yeah Yeah, i'm not ready to uh, do all that yet i'm not ready to travel like that not not for a little while but uh salt lake city is actually a cool town i used to have to go out there for a kayak and shit all the time once a year yeah this would be my third time out there yeah i think i went four years um three years maybe i don't know um three summers there's outdoor retailer shows out there well it used to be i think they moved it now but yeah it's a cool city i mean it's funny the way i the first time i went out there i was like oh so this is what it was like to plan a city after the concept of civil engineering was like developed right (laughs) like city planning it's on a perfect grid yeah it's a perfect grid it's on a perfect grid but it's it's not just that it's like the roads are wide yeah yeah, they, you know, they plan for more people to come to their city later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and like, and like, yeah. you know, you could drive, you could drive an SUV down that street. Like, you try to drive through Boston with an SUV. Like, good luck, buddy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do it. You know, it's just not as comfortable as driving through Salt Lake. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so big, and the city's not huge. It's just every the space is there. They use yeah. the space. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, it's a it is a well designed town. It's also very strange because it's definitely like heavily influenced by the uh, the church. So, like the whole city right. is like really like you. It's just palpable in the air that this is like this is kind of controlled by this religious entity, you know. But um, yeah, but it's really I don't know. It's a nice town, super clean. There's good food out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll be doing a whole lot. I mean, yeah. we're getting in Friday afternoon. We're going to do one workout on Friday afternoon. We got one person lifting on Saturday and then four people lifting on Sunday. Yeah. And then we're just going to bed and then flying back yeah. on Monday. Like, it's not like, I don't know <laughs> what the regulations are out there. Yeah. Uh, nice. But I don't imagine we're just going to, like, yeah, be, able be to going out to stuff. Yeah. Like that. We might, I mean, we might get dinner on Sunday night after everybody's done lifting. But I think until that happens, usually on trips like this, it's like the people that go on like the first day, usually on trips like this, we got, we get out there on like Wednesday. We got somebody Thursday. We got a slew of people Friday, slew of people Saturday, slew of people Sunday. And so like the little groups of people that are done, yeah, they go off and they have their fun in the city and that kind of stuff. And like, Jared and I don't usually go out much because we got to go to bed because we got a whole another day of stress ahead of us the next day, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's usually fun, like team bonding for those people that are not coaching and only competing that they, they'll go out to dinner with mm-hmm. each other. And, you know, like it's it, interesting, you know, cause you have this group of people from all different walks of life <laughs> mm-hmm. and they spend, you know, you know, two hours at the gym 
four days a week, but they don't all overlap the same way. And even when they do, it's like you can be polite and friendly with people at the gym, but then when you go on a trip with them, that's when you really become friends, you, yeah, know? you get to know? And that warms my heart so much. I get so excited watching, you know, friendships blossom from those types of trips, but we don't have that many people going this time. And I feel kind of bad for them in the sense that there's not going to be a lot of like going out and doing yeah. stuff because we're just, we're just getting there. We're doing our job. We're coming back. Um, but it'll still be worthwhile. It's always worthwhile. It's just, I've been, I have a lot of thoughts about it. I've been thinking yeah. about it a lot, you know? It's the first time doing this in over a year. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Well, hopefully it goes well. What's your not the hype? Uh, these Bill Gates haters. What? <laughs> All these people that are like, I'm just sick of the people on my Facebook that are posting pictures of Bill Gates, but he's got Joker makeup on, and they're like, this... <laughs> Bill Gates is evil and he's taking over the world through this vaccine. You know, you're not seeing this shit. I mean, I, I'm pretty inoculated from Facebook crazies. Oh, talk about inoculation. Yeah. That's exactly what he wants. Let's try to inoculate <laughs> you and get, get his, uh, his tracking software in there. I'm just thinking of it there. It's people with obviously without any evidence just going like, yeah, he's doing this blah, 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 blah. So it's like, okay, so y'all are mad at rich people for not doing anything. But this dude actually gave up like all of his, he couldn't even give his money away. He can't give all of his money away. That's how rich he is. But he tried to give it all away. And so he's put, developed, you know, taking his time to like fight malaria and all these dr- diseases. And then that's not good enough either. It's like, what's he trying to do that for? It's like, yeah, he gave <laughs> up his whole fortune to go make another fortune from by fucking people over. And he wants to control the world for what reason? For what? He's already got more money than God. You know? It's like, yeah. what, what did you read? And then you ask them what they're, uh, show us some evidence. Well, I just, I heard somebody say that he was trying to take over the world. No. It's obvious. Okay, well, that's not evidence. Okay, and then they go, well, we'll just have to have a difference of opinion here. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> you don't have facts. <laughs> I said it, the argument with these people is like, you show up with a, with a with a you know you show up with a sword and they're like oh i've got an even bigger sword and they pull out a hot dog you know and you're like no that's not a sword that's a hot dog and then they say well i guess we'll just have to agree to disagree okay like it's just it just Just makes me mad what just but a scratch (laughs) yeah exactly it's just irritating because, like, I don't like worship Bill Gates or anything, but like, he was a, you know, he did some amazing things, and like, everybody rides hard for Elon Musk, and that dude's a piece of shit, you know. It's like he ain't done shit for anybody. <laughs> I know that Jake's gonna get mad about that, probably. I'm sure he's a big Elon Musk <laughs> fan. Damn it! I said I was gonna be nicer to Jake, and here we are. You did say it. I did. I you did. said it. Yeah. I did. Uh... I'm curious what Jake's opinion is about Elon Musk. <laughs> he probably listened to that episode with Joe Rogan. You know? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, Jake, uh, go to Jake's Spotify. It's just Joe Rogan and IOLTOS and <laughs> Semisonic and Kid Rock. Yeah. Yo, that's speaking so- of Semisonic, right? That's that Dreamers Disease band? Time. No, that's a... Uh- uh, that's the new new radicals. New radicals, yeah. yeah. Yo, I, I 
I played a disc golf tournament last weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, it's technically league play. It's not like a tournament tournament, yeah. but it's like us versus another team. And we're sitting here. I go through, you know, it's the best team in the league versus us, which is yeah. the worst team in the league. Yeah. And I – uh so I go out there. I kind of got a chip on my shoulder. You know, I'm a little bit pissed. I, I don't want to get beat by these guys. Fuck these guys. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And the first round is with uh, – the first round is singles, just individuals. So it's me against another guy. And I go out there, and I I clobber that dude. I, I put him in the ground. Yeah. And um, I was feeling pretty good about myself. So we're partnering up for the doubles round, which is the second round after lunch. And <clears throat> it's these two jokers against me and my boy – and they were not people that I would necessarily want to spend a lot of time with. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, these guys, there's like nothing really wrong with them. Yeah. They're just kind of busters, you yeah. know, they're just yeah. kind of busters. Yeah. And one of the two guys has music playing and it's like nineties hits and we're all getting along just fine. It's, it's fine. There's yeah. a little bit of rivalry going on, but it's nothing too bad. And wouldn't you know that new Radical song comes <laughs> on and those guys fucking lose their minds and they sing every fucking word to that song. Yeah. And all I could think about was, man, that bucket hat. So these guys don't sound too bad to me. <laughs> they probably love some bucket hats that's probably right yeah they probably got a great well, bucket hat between them you know i'm kind of i'm kind of talking shit because honestly they beat us and so i'm a little bit yeah, mad you know mad. you you wear bucket mad. hats you ain't got any right to accuse somebody else of wearing a bucket hat yeah i love a bucket hat <laughs> you know i might wear a bucket hat out in salt lake city you why should. not yeah get stopped at anyway. the airport you got a uh, you got any hype still out? Uh, yeah. So uh, the the seventeen year cicadas come back this summer. Oh really? Seventeenth oh, summer. God. So. We're gonna, we're, you, listeners, podcast listeners, get ready to hear Joey complain about cicadas all summer long. I, I mean, it might be hype. You said that these circadian rhythms are gonna make me sleep better. So yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to try. You know? <laughs> that seems like that shit's happening every summer. Why is it? Is it just going to be louder this summer? It's just, it's a different 17 year cicada every year. It's just, yeah. oh, this is the 17 year ones from 2000. It's like they always, every, every, every month is like, this, this, this moon will never appear like this ever again. So ever, not since the days of, of the Middle Ages has the moon been this shade of blue on the third day of the month. Fuck I'm off. so glad we agree on this shit. Yeah. I'm so fucking tired of people being like, this date won't happen again for another millennium. Yeah, that's how time works. Yeah. Also, time is something we made up. It doesn't actually, I mean, dates are things that we made up. So fuck, fuck you. And next year, I'm going to celebrate this date again. It's going to be the same thing next year. Because I said it was. I made it up. <laughs> fuck all that. They're always like, yeah, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the fullest the moon's ever been this month. I'm pretty this sure month. that moon's the same size as it was yesterday. Yeah, for sure. 
They say it's like a huge, and I, I go running outside. They're like, go look at the moon right now. And I run out there. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Well, it doesn't look that much different. I'll try to take a picture of it. And then all of a sudden the moon, when you try to take the picture of the moon, the moon goes away, like way <laughs> off in the, you take a picture and it's just a little pin pinhole on the on the camera you know it's like fuck that i don't don't give a shit about anything i can't take a picture of fuck you moon (laughs) it's so true that's so that moon is so shy yeah what's the moon gotta be like don't like his picture taken fuck off moon's like no don't take a picture of me no yeah you what you're you're missing the meteor shower yeah i don't give a shit fuck it I'll see the next one. The next one that'll never happen again that happens next week because it's every fucking week some shit happens. <laughs> I, want it, I want it to be, like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's really special. You know, I really yeah. need to take it. But like most of the time, I'm like, fuck off. Like, what? This is, sucks. This is stupid. I, I'm cold. I'm going back inside. When I was a kid, there was two. Like there was a there was one eclipse when I was a kid, and the Halley's comet showed up when I was a kid, and that was it. That was all the meteorological shit that happened up until about five years ago, and now it's every fucking night of the week. There's some shit that I just can't miss. You know, <laughs> your your absolute refusal to buy into anything special. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. You know who's having an aneurysm right now is Grizzles. That boy, <laughs> yeah, that boy lives out there. And so what's that called? Planetarium? Where you out there looking at them stars? Hey, one of them telescope scientists? Is that what he does? <laughs> Grizzles? <laughs> hey, one of them telescope scientists? Yeah. Well, guess what? I got a star named after me. Somebody bought it for me about five years ago. So uh, checkmate. <laughs> I own I own a foot of a a plot of land that's a foot by a foot on the moon. And I got the deed and everything. Bought it on the internet. Gonna flip it. Oh uh, yeah, one day it's gonna be worth the it's gonna be worth that Bitcoin money. <laughs> well, you know, so I I got just one little bit of hype still out, and I'm. I'm hoping that the hype is in on this. Yeah. And I don't know if you're going to have any kind of, you know, opinion about this, but tomorrow an album comes out and it's called An Evening with Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, presented by Bootsy Collins. <laughs> Bootsy Collins is involved with this? Bootsy Collins produces this shit. That's funny. I'm, yeah. I love Anderson Pack. Although, I, I you know, it, in true namesake of the podcast, I prefer his older stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he's, you know, I think he's a true musician. Um, and I, I don't, I don't have a lot of love for Bruno Mars, but I also don't have a lot of hate for him either. I like Bruno. He's Mars. in his lane. I think you like good, him. I think yeah, I mean, I think he's an entertainer. He's a good, you know, he's he goes for it. I like it. And I love, I love Bootsy. Yeah. I met met Bootsy Collins once. Really? Yeah. James Brown's birthday bash. He was there. You got a, you got a picture with him too? No. Well, when I took the picture, it went away like the moon. (laughs) He got real small. (laughs) (laughs) 
You gotta appreciate Bootsy's. It's the only time this millennia Bootsy's gonna wear these sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, this, these particular star-shaped sunglasses. So that's my hype still. Out. I'm, said, I'm curious about it. Yeah, you know somebody I mean? on Twitter I, said. I want to listen to it. Somebody on Twitter said the the special edition of that album comes with a bump of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah, it might be uh, good. I don't know. I'm not. I, I. It's not something I would. I thought I wanted, but maybe I do. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate I it. it I, mean, I don't hate any any part of that. You know. Yeah, I just hope it's. I just hope, man. The problem is, my. I, I don't want my hopes to get too high. I, I hope it <clears> is the pH funk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I could get down with some true funk. These Ooh, days. Like some uptown funk? <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out Saturday here. night, and what I mean, the, the, don't believe me, just watch. What you been consuming? Well, let me get, I got some more on the hype still out. Just a little oh, bit. Oh, sweet, yeah. So, so this, this, the seventeen-year cicadas made me think oh, of. God uh, damn it! God damn it! They made me think oh, of. Yeah. They made me think of. Uh, yeah. You remember that dude we worked with at camp? I think his name was Jared, and he had a, he had a, he had this badass Corvette. Well, we thought it was badass, but then we found out it was a, <laughs> it was an automatic. It's like a. Yeah, his it was like name a, was Evil J. Yeah, fucking. It was like a like a four speed, like a like a like a four cylinder Corvette or some shit. Yeah, but that dude was a character, and I remember that. I'm he, already I'm scared that he's like listening. I don't care. <laughs> he can listen to it. <laughs> he can call me. Call me up. I'll tell you. He played the didgeridoo. That's the only time I've ever been uh, experienced a didgeridoo. <laughs> You know, and people talk, talk. The only, the only instrument you don't play, you just kind of moan it. Yeah, it was like, oh, didgeridoo. Oh yeah, I play the didgeridoo. I was like, oh man, I don't see this dude play the didgeridoo. And then like, it basically made the cicada noise just lower. I'm like, that does that count as playing that? I don't know, like. I don't know that dude. Of course, that dude had a fucking didgeridoo sticking out the back of his convertible Corvette. He he also his because of his heritage, he would always wear a, a kilt in any kind of formal situation. He, was, he got married in a kilt, dude. He was that. He was that. All those things. He was that guy, but for so many things, he was like. Yeah, that dude plays the didgeridoo. Yeah, that dude has a kilt he wears. Yep. Yeah, that dude has a that license guy, plate that says Evil J on it. That's what. He, yeah, he of course he does. That guy's really into talking about beer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He just. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know there's some there's some didgeridoo aficionados on our amongst our fans. I probably have offended them, but. Um, my other uh, hype still out is I uh, so I used to do this thing in town. Wait, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so you you thinking about cicadas, and then that took you to the didgeridoo? 
Yeah, because I was like thinking about the cicada noise, which is wow, 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 and I was like, that's almost like whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you don't see the connection there. I do. I just, I just love that you took a moment to just savage Evil Jack <laughs> in the process. I just fucking fuck that dude for playing the injury dude. Whatever. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't everybody, have a will look, for you. Everybody's, everybody's got some phase in their life where they got into something. You that think that dude's a, that's you know, a phase? You think that dude's that you you want to say that dude's ain't out here wearing kilts and playing didgeridoos right now? Come on. Now. I don't think he's playing Come didgeridoo anymore. But you know, when I was about twelve years old, I was really into mystic sticks or devil sticks. Yeah, me too. Still am though. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I still have mine. I was pretty good with them. <laughs> you light them on fire. You light nah, the ends on fire. I don't fuck with fire stuff. That's not my thing. Um, you put you dip you dip them in water and put them in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, what, what's your, what else are your hype still out? So I used to do this uh, before the pandemic. Really, really, it, it kind of ended before, way before the pandemic. But I used to do this uh, vinyl record night that was uh, it's called Secret Record Night. I got uh-huh. the idea from my my nephew in Augusta. His uh, his crew there they do this thing called Secret Record Night, and it's all vinyl records, and it's supposed to be stuff that you wouldn't normally hear other places or whatever. They have guests. Basically, they ask people to come in who aren't DJs to come in and play stuff from their collections, right? Okay. And so we started one here, and uh, it was really fun. And then the place I was doing it, like, didn't want to do it anymore, so we just kind of like stopped. Um, and I want I was ready to relaunch it right as the pandemic like took off, you know. So the other day I was thinking about, it, I was like, man, I really would like to like do something, especially since like I'm not doing regular DJing now so I like actually would like to do this thing um so yeah. I, I decided I'm to start uh I started a, an Instagram for um that where I'm gonna like kind of show a, a record for my collection every day just kind of like hype it up like record of the day you know um and do a little like write a little thing about why I why I like the album or what you know whatever my own little review of it or whatever um, and it could be singles, 45s, like whatever, just all the stuff for my, you know, I don't have a huge collection, but I got like 300 final records, you know? So I started this thing. I didn't want to call it secret record night. Cause I already feel kind of weird. Those guys gave me permission to use that, but I don't, didn't want to like make something. Uh, I didn't want to make the Instagram count that. So I, I, I called it vinyl Illuminati and I used the same kind of logo that I use for secret record night. Uh-huh. And uh, so when I do Secret Record Night now, I'm going to call it Vinyl Illuminati Presents Secret Record Night, if I ever do it again, if we ever get out of this nightmare. Um, but anyway, so I started that, and uh, the hype's still out because I don't know if I'll stick with it or what, you know. Requires a, a level of, you know, I want to do it every day. So, I mean, that's pretty am- ambitious. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, is it the, it's just taking a picture of a record for my collection, you know? I mean, I, I won't do it if I'm out of town or something, you know? So it won't be every day, I guess. But, and it might not just be a record. It might be other things. How come, how come I can't see Vinyl Illuminati on, on, on Instagram right now? You can. 
V-I-N-Y-L-I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-I. I got no results found under the search. It's there. Oh. You got you can't find it? I'm telling you right now it ain't here. <clears throat> the hashtag's there. See? Right here. I mean. No. <laughs> I like this is great dead yeah. air. I mean, I'm gonna quit out and come back to it and see if it see if that helps. It's anyway, all one word V I N Y L I L L U. I don't know. Maybe already shadow banned because it's Illuminati. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you shadow banned. Send me that in DM. Yeah, I will. <clears throat> I'm you know, here's the thing. Um I don't usually now for you I'm gonna make the exception. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm I'm interested in that and I think that's a cool idea. Usually when people create Instagrams, that's like a secondary Instagram and they're like excited on a project that they want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I ain't going to follow that for at least a month because I don't think it's going to last. I mean, that's probably most there. people don't stick with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not asking you to follow it right now. You can wait if you want. I might, I might wait. Might I'm going to be following number three. Uh, I just want to, well, that's why I decided to start out real simple with it. I'm just going to do, you know, at least most of the week, do a record every day. And then, uh, yeah, I might do other stuff as it comes along, you know, maybe reviews and stuff or little videos or something, but. Add me in as an account admin. I'll put my records up too. All right. Sure. What's up? Yeah, I will. My boy, I got, you know, I got this boy here in Rhode Island that sells records online for a living. Yeah, you told me about him before. And he's got, I mean, he's got thousands of records. You know what I'm saying? So at any point you run out, just holler at your boy. I'll go up in there, take a snapshot, and send it to you. You act like it's yours. Yeah, I will. I'll take thousands of pictures. Yeah. Why don't you just do this account for me? Then I won't have to do it at all. (laughs) 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 This sounds like a great idea. (laughs) <laughs> sounds like a great idea yeah. let me tell you how to make it better yeah <laughs> um we're gonna move into consuming yeah I, I only have a couple so yeah i've only got i've only got two things for one album one movie okay the album came from that indycast podcast and i've listened to it one and a half times uh-huh. and i really want you to go listen to it because I think you'll either love it or hate it, mm-hmm. and either way, I'll be happy to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's called it's called Go Farther in Darkness, and the band is called Gang of Youths. Gang I'm of Youths. Youth. Sorry, Gang of Youth okay. is the band, and and the album's called Go Farther in Darkness, and it sounds like, right, and yeah. I don't want to predispose you to one way or another. It sounds like. The Killers meets Bruce Springsteen a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So it's got a pretty big sound. The guy that's singing, has got a pretty distinct voice. One that I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it didn't. I was like, listen to it. And I was like, I don't know if this is derivative or if it's its own thing. And I'm not really mad at either one, even if it is derivative, because it's like a good version mm-hmm. of whatever this thing is. It's not really something that, 
I don't think it's something that I'm going to hold on to and keep listening to, but I, the first time I listened to it, I just listened to it because they were talking about it on the podcast. They were like, yeah, we like this album, whatever, whatever. And so I was like, okay, I'll go listen to it. And I got like all the way through the album and I was like, I can't tell if I like this or if I don't like this, which I really enjoy. I relish that feeling, that sensation. Cause usually, you know, by song three, you know, whether or not you're in or out. And this <clears throat> album, I feel like it doesn't really reach its full sound until track four. So track four through like track eight was where I was like, Oh, I'm really picking up on mm -hmm. these two sounds, you know? Um, and so, you know, that's my album of the week kind of thing of something that was new to me that I really, like, I thought about you when I was listening to this. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I thought about you and Lopo, actually, because Lopo, like, I, you guys have some overlap there in your music taste. There is, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> my, my second thing, so, you know, I'm, I'm bumming off your HBO Max account right now. Yeah. Yeah, And I've noticed uh, one thing about that is I created a second window for my second user. Yeah. And you have just been up in there just watching all the trash. Who, me? <laughs> yeah. I haven't been using your account, no. Who's using my account then? Well, it's not my account. It's my buddy Sam's account. Oh, really? Yeah. So you notice there's a, there's a Sam and there's you went in there and made your own and I never told him I gave you gave him gave you the login like he's never said anything about it but I'm like oh okay there we go just putting it out there so he, it's either him or his girlfriend looking at your shit fucking up your algorithm I'll tell him to stop how dare they how dare they yeah. <laughs> No, I, I use I use Sam's profile. So. Oh, that's funny because I've I, like you know like I was only using it for the OC. Yeah. Like you know like I just like just log in, I watch the OC, and then I'm out. You know because yeah. I don't have it like connected to the TV. I just have it connected to the computer. And um, <laughs> fucking a like one night I go in, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like who, <laughs> Joey's watching this shit. Like really. <laughs> Like, I ain't going to sell them out, you know, yeah. until like now, because it's been several weeks, yeah. you know, and I'm like, there's so much like nonsense that's on recently viewed. I'm like, he's using this as like his like, I don't want my algorithm to get fucked up. Like, I want to keep one pristine and then one yeah. trash. No, no. Well, there's other people that use that account, too. So it, who knows? My, my, my friends, Parker and Veda use it, too. So yeah, of course we all live the, in the same house together, HBO. We uh we're all in the same household. So yeah. Like forty seven yeah. people yeah. on this account. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while everything gets overloaded and and I have to sign everybody out. <laughs> so get ready for that <laughs> if that ever happens. Surprising it doesn't happen more than it does. Don't, yeah. Don't kick me off that HBO yeah. Max, you know what I'm saying? I got I got anyway. So I go in last night and I'm like, um, I don't usually remember yeah. You know, usually I just go to Netflix. You know, if I'm going to go to bed, like I put on Netflix, I put on Jeopardy, I fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Shout outs, NGT. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but I was like, oh, yeah, I got this whole world of stuff on HBO. Yeah. And I pull up the sidebar and it's, they've got a, a menu option that's like about to disappear or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's exciting. You know, like, yeah. let me go see if there's anything that's about to go off of HBO Max. I want to yeah. make sure I watch. 
and I saw this movie called American Wrestler colon The Wizard. Okay. And I was like, excuse me? Is this a high school wrestling movie that I have not consumed? There's a second one. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, and um and I I it, you know, it was late. It wasn't too late. I mean, I got in bed at nine o'clock last night yeah. and I was like, I'm gonna watch 10, 15 minutes of this and pass out. Boy, if I wasn't awake till the end of that movie, just to make sure I yeah. watched it all before mm-hmm. it disappeared from HBO Max. And it was this movie about this. Uh, it's it's definitely it's not full on B movie. Yeah. But it's not an A movie either. Yeah. It's got um <laughs> it's got uh John Voigt and oh, wow. um William Fitchner. Yeah. You know you know William Fitchner, right? Eh. <clears throat> I the guy what else is he being? He's been he was in Crash. He was in Armageddon. He was the guy, he was the he was the actual astronaut in Armageddon. Hold on, I'm looking him up. Um, he was in Black Hawk Down. Like he always plays. Like <clears throat> oh, he's in. Uh, he was in Veep. <clears throat> oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he's playing this like beleaguered uh, Vietnam vet. It's set in the '80s in America, and it's it's based on a true story. The guy, the guy that the movie is based on, is in the movie, and he has a a major part in the movie. Hmm. Wow. He, it's wow. about the story of this kid who escaped <clears throat> Iran during um, the war with Iraq, like during the hostage crisis. Yeah. And, you know, immigrates to America and he lives with his uncle in California, in small town, in this small town in California. And he, you know, it's, he's going through the process of kind of like discrimination based on the hostage situation. Everybody hates Iranians, all that kind of stuff. And is um and he's trying out for all these different sports teams to try to assimilate into the school and he doesn't get on any teams and then he then he tries out for the wrestling team and he makes it on the wrestling team and his uncle hmm. was this like hardcore wrestler and so his uncle coaches him at home in the garage and uh, it's pretty standard high school coming of age story whatever kid, but the guy that plays yeah. the uncle is the guy whose story it was based on oh wow. Huh. And it's not a good movie. Yeah. But it's great to yeah. watch. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I stayed up like half like the a... night. Well, I, I wasn't in bed. I, I didn't fall asleep till like 11 o'clock because I was like, I, I, I was captivated. I got yeah. to see if they get the wrestling right, so on and so forth. They did not get the wrestling right. No. That's surprising because if he was the wrestler, then he, you would have thought he would have made him get it right. But. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard, you know. Yeah. It's hard to get that yeah. thing right in movies. And, and it doesn't matter. And it's like the same thing I talked about. I think in our year end wrap up with that movie, um, I think it was called Uncorked. Yeah, it's about yeah, the yeah, where people are like, oh, small, it's yeah, not it's, exactly yeah. like, and it's like, what well, doesn't matter? It just matters that the, the the spirit of it is there. Yeah, and yeah. that they got that right. Yeah, you know what I mean. It they sounds like right. a, it's fine. It sounds like a retro, almost like an eighties thing. So yeah. Yo, it's got the vibe of it. But it's set in the 80s, so I guess it's maybe that's the It's set in the 80s, yeah. but it's also like it should have been made in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, it's like a throwback to that. That's interesting because mm-hmm. doesn't hasn't Iran historically had pretty good Olympic wrestling team? Yeah, they're There's... they're perennial like in contention for the world championships. Wrestling is taken very seriously in that country. They've won several Olympic medals, I think, and that 
as a yeah, which is kind of why I've, I wonder <clears throat> if some of the fudging of the story was like, oh, he'd never wrestled before, but like in reality, he grew up wrestling. Uh, I don't yeah. know, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. culturally speaking, maybe he did wrestle as a yeah, youth, and they just made it over and made was... the story better. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> what was that called so, again? American wrestler. American wrestler colon the wizard. Is that his nickname or something? That was his nickname. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. Let's check that. Well, I can't watch it now. Well, you'd probably catch it tonight. Get on that <laughs> shit tonight before it disappears. Write it down. It's um, probably going away at the end of the month. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to finish up uh, Judas and the Black Messiah because I'm about halfway through that movie. Did you watch that? No, I want to. I really like. Well, that's on the actors, that's yeah. on the list of what's going away. Yeah, because that that. that that's one of the ones that's in the theaters, and so they're only showing it for a month on HBO while it's in the theaters or something, which seems backwards, but whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good. <clears throat> yeah. I like those actors. It's as good as you yeah. think it is. Yeah, all three yeah. of them are good. Yeah. They're great. Um, yeah. Does that all your stuff? Mm-hmm. So I, what, Jackie wanted to watch Batman Returns because we watched the original Batman a couple months ago. And uh, this is like at least once a month, Jackie's completionist <laughs> uh, comes out. Yeah. And it, is, it really it just really crawls up my spine. Yeah. Luckily, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. I, I saw it in the theater when I was a kid. I used to go to see all the Batman movies with my dad. It was like one of our things. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it, it re- actually holds, holds up pretty good. Um, it's ridiculous in a way that the first Batman is in the. Tim Burton, I, the thing I appreciated about it was that it really leans into the comic book aspect because I feel like modern comic book movies are like, let's see how real we can make this. And those yeah. Batman movies are like, no, this exists in this fantasy world that is from the comic books, you know? So that like, it leans into that real hard and that in that way, it has like a lot of fun with it. Like Danny DeVito is creepy and awesome as the Penguin in it. And Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer as Catwoman is just amazing. Like, And surprisingly, Batman's not in the movie that much. <laughs> it's like a Batman movie without Batman in it. It's more about those those villains. But um and it's totally ridiculous that 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 you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. There's a scene with these killer penguins in it. Like they've been rigged up to these rockets. And it's totally ridiculous, but it's kind of awesome too cuz these penguins are like attacking Gotham City, you know. <laughs> and they can't fly. They're just walking slowly to attack <laughs> Gotham City. Um, but it's got like a, it's got a, like the first Batman movie, it has like this look to it. And I like the Nolan Batman movies, but like I said, they're like, what if Batman was real and he was gritty and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And this is like kind of more like a comic book thing. So it's kind of nice that it held up. Um, the other thing that we watched was uh, one of your recommendations that we finally got around to watching was uh, The Good Shepherd. Oh wow! Didn't you say you, that's one of your favorite movies, right? Or you really like that movie? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's one of my favorites, but it's definitely you, yeah. I mean, you it's brought a, it up more than once. Yeah, it's in that it's in that class of movie for me that's like really rewatchable. It's definitely a vibe, mm-hmm. and it's just a vibe that I'm often in the mood for, mm-hmm. and so I'll go there. Yeah, yes, yeah, so De Niro's uh, directing debut. Um, Matt Damon is in it. It's really good. It like. There was a point, I read a review that said the same thing, so I'm kind of paraphrasing that, but there was a point where I was like, oh shit, this is like the Goodfellas of spy movies, but then it doesn't quite hit that mark. It's not quite the greatest thing in the world. Like, it's not quite 
as great as I think it could have been. But uh, it was it was good, and I would watch it again. And I wish there was a sequel. Apparently, they talked about doing a sequel, but never got funding for it or something. But um, oh, really? Yeah, and it's based loosely on they say loosely on true story, but it's nobody really knows what happened with the the early days of the CIA because it's all classified, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was it was really good though. We both enjoyed it. So that's cool. I'm glad you. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, yeah. you know, and I. I like that. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take any, I just like it when you take a recommendation and you actually enjoy it. That's cool. It's been on my list um, for a while. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that it was like, and De Niro said this, I'll read some interviews. He was like, yeah, I wanted to make a spy movie that wasn't just like car chases and gadgets. And like, it's like a realistic kind of, it's about the espionage, not about the action, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a little slow in places, but uh, it's, it's really good. Yeah, good, super uh, slow. I really yeah. understated Damon performance. Yeah, yeah. Almost too understated at times, but I think that's the nature of the character in the movie is that he's just kind of like put upon like everything in his life just says this is what you're going to do and he does it, you know. So Yeah. Um but yeah, it was, it was Yeah, he's, his the the woodenness of his performance is deliberate. Yeah. But I I feel like it treaded a little too much into that at times. Um, maybe uh-huh. that's maybe what kept it from like reaching this next level for me. But um, how about Alec Baldwin? Yeah, great, great in it. Um, the guy from uh, uh, what is that? That movie about the early days of the computers or that TV show? It's like Crash and Burn or something. He's in it too. He's one of the guys that he went to school with and winds up being in the CIA with him. Oh yeah, the the kind of asshole. Y- yeah, the the asshole guy. Catch yeah. fire and burn or something. Halt and catch fire. Halt and catch fire. Yeah, he's I think he's the lead actor in that, which I've never watched that, but um, yeah, it's good. I Sweet. I, I even didn't hate Eddie Redmayne in it, and I usually don't like Eddie Redmayne and stuff. So oh really? He's just like. That's so, that's so funny yeah. because usually I like Eddie Redmayne, but I don't particularly like him in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. He's too snivelly for me or something. But he is. He's a, he's an overactor. Yeah. Um. He's got that Claire Danes chin. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, he does <laughs> butt chin. Um. So you you're ready to do this trailer park thing? You got time? Or do we oh yeah. 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 So I we got a special about we got a special I treat for about you. It. Yeah, we got a special treat for you listeners that are, you know, hadn't been around for a while. And and for those that have been around for a while, we're bringing back... We used to do segments on the original, the old days of IOLTOS. We would do different segments. It wasn't just hype and not the hype. It would be other things that we would do. And those shows would be like five hours long, which this one might be too tonight. But one of the segments we did was called Trailer Park. And what it was is we both picked trailers and we shared them with each other. And then we would watch them and then we would say whether the tra- the movie was going to be hype, not the hype, or the hype was still out on it. Um, so we're doing that again. It was kind of inspired by uh, the Mortal Kombat talk from last week, I think, or last episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we picked out some trailers here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the discussion where we go back and forth between the ones that, that Groove and, and I chose. And we both watched these. And, and what? Before before we get into it, I want to provide some uh, umbrella commentary about it. Okay, yeah. In general, when when I went to go find the trailers, I was like, if if the movie was already out, I didn't pick it. Okay. 
And I was having a really hard time finding good trailers. And so I just sent three trailers and all three of them, in my opinion, I was like, God damn, these are awful. Yeah. And I sent them to you. And then today I watched your trailers and yeah. I was like, fuck, Joey got some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like super hype on most of the trailers you said. And I was, I felt so bad for making you watch like seven minutes of shit trailers. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, that's part of it. They were all good. Then it wouldn't be a good discussion. Um, I, d- I did not see when any of these movies are coming out. So mine might already be out. I have no idea. Um, I got them from the yeah, Apple, maybe I, the Apple trailer site, I, which is where the, I always look. Yeah, at trailer, that's so, that's yeah. where we go. You know, if it said like watch now, yeah. that's when I I didn't pick it. I don't uh, think yours are out. Yeah, I, I I don't think so either. But I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, so you can find these if you go to the Apple. Just search for Apple trailers. Um, they famously have had a Apple uh, trailer page forever. That it's what we used to look at in the old days of ILTS. Man, we I used to spend hours on that thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, I got to the point where now I, if it's something I'm really excited about, I try not to watch the trailers for it because they reveal everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. So the first one is son of the South. This is one that you picked. Um, <laughs> you want to give the synopsis of kind of what it is? Yeah. Is yet another movie about how white people save black people during the civil rights era. It's about one man who's white, who came in as the fucking savior and just made the civil rights movement happen. Apparently some dude from Montgomery, Alabama who suffered the indignity of being yelled at by a bunch of his white racist friends for trying to help out black people. And Oh, this is how racism ended. Can we please just get over the black lives matter movement? That's, that's what I. That's what I it's thought like, when I watched. It. Based on a true story. Oh, you're gonna take their side, huh? Like it's just like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. It. I. At I, some point, you're gonna have to make a decision about whose side you stand on. Yeah. So you're saying not the hype on this one. Fuck no, it's not the hype. I mean, sure, it might be. It might be like in general good, but like we've seen this movie before. Yeah. We don't need to congratulate ourselves for this one white guy who happened to march. Yeah. on Selma you know what I mean I like yeah. can we not feature like this is a movie about racism why do we have to make the protagonist a white it's man about, yeah, it's about white guy. The, how hard racism is for white guys um <laughs> yeah uh I too I, I was I'm leaning on the 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 not the hype but my only thing that makes me put it as hype still out is that it was produced by Spike Lee and uh Cedric the Entertainer is in it <laughs> I knew you were going to say I it. love Cedric the Entertainer now, so I'm saying it's probably not the hype, but I, you know, I love, I love Spike Lee. I love Cedric the Entertainer, so I wouldn't think Spike Lee would be involved with it if it was that shitty, you know, but I don't know. I feel like I've, I've watched enough movie trailers now, yeah. though, to be able to pick out that, like, the dialogue in that movie yeah. is so trampled on. Yeah, it's so, it like... There is nothing surprising about that trailer, no, and I not. just feel like I've watched that movie already. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is I mean, Cat. It, all right, go ahead. Would you, do you have anything else? No, no. Okay. I, I don't want to waste any more time on that movie. The next one is a movie called Cowboys. Uh, it's a Steve Zahn vehicle, and uh, <laughs> it looks like the... Uh, you know you love Steve Zahn. Um, he's, <laughs> Steve Zahn's playing the character he plays in every movie, the lovable fuck-up. Um <laughs> But Steve's on. It's he's his family's broke. You know, he's divorced or whatever, and he has uh, he has a child. And this it looks like this whole plot of this movie is that 
this child has come out as trans to him and he's trying to help navigate, um, you know, the, the world f- with this child and, and overcome the prejudice around him, you know, including from his, from, from this child's mother, you know? Um, yeah. What, what'd you think? What was your, I, uh, I thought that the, the story itself was not particularly original, you know, I mean, we've got a situation here, like a movie <clears throat> featuring, uh, you know, a, a trans child wanting to find, um, his identity. That's cool. Yeah. Right. Cause that's not been done um, much, but it's not been well done. And, yeah. and the fact that this, I think the setting is what makes it really cool. We've got uh, a father that appears to be somewhat unreliable mm-hmm. trying to give this child an opportunity um, to, to find his identity um, by creating space for that child, by taking that child out into the wilderness and away from a mother that appears to be, you know, un- unhelpful yeah. at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think, you know, from some of those scenes in the trailer, I was like, Ooh, it seems like it's going to get a little bit too melodramatic mm-hmm. with like some of the danger that becomes apparent in it. It's like, it's like a coming of age story meets a river <laughs> wild starring mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, um, but uh, generally speaking, that was the first trailer I watched of yours. And immediately I was like, okay, th- his trailers are going to be better because the, <laughs> a, that trailer, the trailer was great. You know, it was a great trailer. It had a lot in it. And, um, and like I think, uh, at worst, hype's still out. At best, hype is in. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna watch this movie. Yeah, I. It was not what I, I picked it because I was like, oh, this is gonna be a piece of shit. Just by the title, I was like, oh, this is gonna be stupid. And it's got Steve's on, and it, you know, it's hit or miss with Steve's on. Been in some very good movies. Yeah. Been in some very bad movies. But it was definitely not what I expected. Um, it is. It is. This. This is a genre of film, not the trans part of it, but the child is struggling. The parent figure is a fuck up. They have to be put together to take on the world. That's a type of movie, you know? Um, yeah. We've seen it before. Um, that, that Taika Waititi film, the, the, the fight of the fight of the Wilbur people or whatever it is, is the same sort of plot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this reluctant parent figure and reluctant child figure have to work together to get to know each other uh, to overcome something. And just who's the, the, parenting who? And yeah, yeah, totally. They both uh, they both mature together, you know. Um, they learn from each other. Uh, but the thing and that they learn that they love each other. The thing that gives it the twist is is the 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 trans issues in it, which could I mean could be go either way. I mean, it could be a very uh, exploitative in a way, or if it's well done, I think it's like great to tell that story, you know. So, sure. um, yeah, I'm gonna say hype on it just because like I'm a sucker for Steve Zahn and. Uh, <laughs> He looks like he just gets to Steve's on it out in this. And uh, he is full on. He is totally himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. I'm I'm, I'm with you. He's like, you know, at some point he's going to be like, I did the best I could with what I had to work with. (laughs) Both in the movie and in the press interview. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So we both said hype on that one. Um, Tentative hype. Uh, So the next one is sin. And this one you chose. How would you describe this? So I chose that trailer based on the image uh, on the Apple trailers. Uh, So I thought as I looked at the image, which was like 
the profile of the main actor from over a shoulder. Yeah. So we're looking over from behind yeah. his shoulder toward the profile of the actor. And I thought for sure that was Hugh Jackman. I have. So I like, let me stop oh. you right there. I have written down. No, number one, I'm giving this hype. I'm going to tell you that right now. I said my note, my only note is Italian Hugh Jackman. I'm here for it. <laughs> so so I click on this and I'm already like, I'm going to fucking send this to him. Yeah. This is Hugh Jackman. I love Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I fucking too. love me Hugh too. Jackman. <clears throat> and uh, even when he's at his worst, he's at his best. And, uh, <laughs> and I start watching this trailer. This is I'm not like, Hugh oh, Jackman. This is about Michelangelo. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, well, hold on. They ain't speaking English. I was like, oh, Hugh Jackman's really committing to this, you know, second language. <laughs> like, no, that's an Italian dude. That is not Hugh so Jackman. So what? It's, it's, a, it's about Michelangelo being an artist and like, but also like, it's like one of these stories of like, this is not the artist that you know, that you've yeah. learned about. He was actually a troubled figure he and was here's pious, how he was troubled. He was trying to be a pious man, but he actually was involved in sin and blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's just like kind of. I don't know. That part of it is like kind of cheesy, but I I'm here for the. I gotta give it hype for Hugh the Italian Hugh Jackman. Italian Hugh Jackman. I'm so uh, glad you said that. Hype. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying hype on that? <clears throat> are you are you what? Fuck no! I ain't watching yeah, that. Not movie. the hype. Not the hype. Oh man, we're, we're split. Hype, we're that split on that sucks. one. Fully split on that one. Um, <clears throat> the next one was one of mine. It's called a test pattern. Um, this Time looks out. like yeah. To, about sin, I feel like um, like European cinema is still capable of making movies that are just a smaller story, mm-hmm. where we can't really do that. We can't we nah, don't we we can't afford to do that to do over that, here, yeah. right? In yeah. Hollywood, you got to make that money. <laughs> and so, I it just looks like a movie that would have been made in Hollywood in like 1993. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I'm not mad at that. Like I It'd think be that's a Miramax, cool. like, I, a Miramax joint in '93. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, go on. Yeah, it probably would win an Oscar back then too. Um, so this movie, well, the ne- it won an Oscar if Hugh Jackman was in it. But like, whatever. <laughs> well, when they redo it, the American version will have Hugh Jackman in it. Um, <laughs> so the next one is Test Pattern. Uh, I would say this is a. So this is is it, it looks like an indie film. It's a kind of a gritty, uh, both like a the criticism of our society, but also some sort of revenge story. Uh, it looks like this uh, this interracial couple, the uh, the woman goes to a party, gets drugged, sexually assaulted, and then they both have to try to come to grips with getting her help afterwards and figuring out what happened. And the system is not helpful, as uh, is often the case in these things. And uh, they eventually, it looks like it turns into some kind of like revenge plot thing um, to try to get to the you know get justice for for this. I didn't pick up on any sort of revenge plot thing. Yeah, maybe I'm just trailer. reading into that. I thought that, I mean, he, the guy gets really angry at one point. It looked to me like it was going to go down that. There's I think a lot of like anger. The, yeah, I feel like it's like, <clears throat> well, I mean, in bold letters at the end of the trailer, it says, <clears throat> and I don't know whose quote this is, but I know it's not original to the trailer. It says, everything is about sex. It's sex, except sex. Sex yeah. is about power. Yeah. Um, which is like, uh, I think it's a pretty standard quote when it comes to rape. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. And and this is, I don't think that, I mean, for me, what I took away from it was it's going to be about 
his inability to accept mm-hmm. her the the sexual assault that she endured and her and and kind of like the dissolution of the relationship as a result of that of his inability to get over that um <clears throat> while at the same time critiquing the fact that like we don't test rape kids we don't have rape you know there's yeah. such a backlog of rape kids in the country and this country doesn't really value you yeah. know uh justice as it as it relates to sexual assault but um but you know the the kind of like the the quotes that were being used to promote the movie during the trailer were about the performances of the yeah. actors and it looks like a really small kind of cast mm-hmm. it's just the two of them yeah. primarily just the two of them and and so that element of it like for me i will go for performance over story 10 times out of 10 yeah and it appeared that that was going to be a pretty powerful you know performance by both actors in that movie yeah yeah i I, i'm giving it a hype still out just because like it could be really bad depending on how they handle the material but i'm leaning toward it's hype still out with leaning towards it being hype you know i mean it's hype you can't say that a movie about that is hype it's like i'm saying it's gonna be good you know yeah, I Maybe, think it'll be but, really compelling. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm. What I'm gonna probably. It's one of those movies where I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna see it on like, let's say it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna see it on the homepage, and I'll probably add it to my list. And I'll always look at it and be like, I'm not in the mood for that. Yeah, yeah. It looks like one you that you're gonna I, you're gonna have to like. Really? I mean, and what mood is it that you're ready to watch that movie anyway? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's true. It's gonna be depressing. All right, the next one is uh, one of yours. It's uh, Our Friend. It's uh, Jason Siegel. Your boy, Jason Siegel, isn't it? Um, it is the, 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 the Steve Zahn for me. Yeah, it, very, it, it, it's, uh, it looks to be that this, this group of three friends, one, it's a, two guys and a, and a woman, and uh, the, 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 one of the guys and the woman are married. And uh, I guess the Our Friend part is that Steve or uh steven seagal jason siegel <laughs> jason siegel is uh the, is the friend and he comes to help them in their time of need because there's uh the the woman has cancer yeah now the woman is dakota fanning right i did not pick up on that but i i'm bad at knowing the fannings yeah, it's, <laughs> it's dakota I, fanning. and yeah. then who's the other guy uh, I can't remember who it was. It's been a while. I want to say it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, it's not it him. Is. I don't think. I, that just, uh, yeah. It looks I, like it's based on a true story. It is okay. Um, um, what what do you have to say about it? I I have written down that it looks like tragedy porn to me. Huh. To where it's like one, one of these movies that's like like a Nicholas Sparks kind of thing where it's like everybody's oh, it's, set. it's what is Casey Affleck. Yeah. That's who it is. It's Casey Affleck. Um, yeah. They kind of like revels in the, the sadness, you know, it's kind of like exploitative in that way. Not that in a bad way, but just, it's like, it's hard to tell that story without being like whatever. And it's supposed to be heartfelt, but also funny. Um, so I said not the hype, but Jason Siegel will be hype. It's Dakota Johnson, not Dakota Fanning. Okay. I didn't think it was one Dakota of the Dakota Johnson's the woman from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so not not, yeah. not the hype, but Jason Siegel will be good in it. Because he's actually pretty good in stuff like that. So, What, what is your take on Casey Affleck? Uh, I like him. I think he's a shitty human being, from what I right. understand. But I like him as an actor. 
To a degree, I think he's a little overhyped for like his that Manchester by the Sea was fine, but it was a little bit like this is made to get you an award kind of felt like role, you know, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being sure. a hater for that, but he's, he's fine. No, I think it's one of those situations where that movie <laughs> was made to get you an award, but also he killed it. Also, he was very good in it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I felt like yeah, that movie like- that movie was like I didn't see the point to it in the end. But whatever. We're not talking about that movie. We're talking about our friend. Yeah, I, I think you're right about our friend. This is tragedy porn uh wrapped up in a nice hot bun of friendship and, yeah. and Jason Siegel kind of like goofiness, but yeah. also endearing. Um I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm not I'm not I'm probably not gonna watch it. Yeah. Probably won't. I mean, but somebody at some point in this movie is going to smash a plate out of frustration. Mm-hmm. They're going to be screaming, and then they're going to smash a plate, and then everybody's going to hug. You know? Yeah. And Jason Jason Siegel is going to sing a song at some point. Yeah, he might show up like dressed in like a a chicken outfit at some point a to the tutu. hospital. Yeah, or like a tutu. Yeah, like a tutu with some funky sunglasses on. You know. <laughs> We got to get you out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> All the tickle monsters come to get yeah. paid all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At some point, someone's going to get kidnapped from a hospital, you know, because I don't want to spend my final days here. I don't know. Oh, I don't mean to be in- insensitive to the actual true story of this, though. So I'm just to say that. No, of course not. Like- of course not. I mean, you know, it's part. I feel like I read there was like some, you know, editorial article or something about this friendship group where this guy really did, you know, is his best friend's wife was dying of cancer and he dropped everything in his life and came and spent the final period of time with them and helping them out, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, it seems like a fucking incredible story that I'm not really interested in Jason Siegel portraying. Yeah. But I think you'll be good in it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it'll be like, I don't know. I think it'll be too schlocky or something, but yeah, I'll just wind up watching <clears throat> forgetting Sarah Marshall instead. Yeah. <laughs> good movie. Very yeah. good movie. Or uh, I love you, man. I'll just watch. I love you, yeah. man for a great friendship movie starring Jason Siegel. Hey, his, his Muppet movie was really good. Okay. Yeah, it actually really. I mean, he wrote it. It was actually really good. I don't know if you ever saw Sweet. it. But yeah, it was a really well, like. I, I watched it. I watched a smaller version of his Muppet movie at the end of "I Love You, Man" when he did the Dracula. Yeah, that's what uh, got him the, the job. I think doing the Muppet movie, but yeah, yeah he did a really good job on that. And then the studio was like, "Yeah, we didn't really like that." And I was like, "Well, that's because it was like a like a modern take on the Muppets," and I guess they didn't like that. But, um, yeah, all right. So the next one is Silk Road. This is one of mine, and it's a. Uh, it looks it's it's the story of this uh, entrepreneurial young privileged white guy who uses the internet to build up a drug, a drug dealing empire through selling Bitcoin and blah blah blah. It's the social network <laughs> for drugs. For drugs, uh, it's based. It also based on a true story. There is the thing called the Silk Road, which is like the the way people you, you know. Bitcoin allegedly was developed as a way to buy illicit substances on the internet. And that's, you buy it on the dark web on the Silk Road. And uh, there's a point in this where it turns into a, a cat and mouse game where the, the authority is trying to, this one agent is trying to track him down and bust him. Um, 
using traditional methods. Yeah. I forget who was the guy that who who was the actor that's playing the the yeah, agent. I can't remember. I remember he's like that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's I'm, the guy I'm, from I'm, uh uh Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, he played right? he also was he played uh the one of the Ted Kennedy in that that biopic on him. Um Yeah. Chappaquiddick. Jason Clark. Yeah. Uh I said I said too schlocky. White people have problems, exclamation point. Uh, not the hype. <laughs> I, I mean, as soon as I saw, as soon as it cl- clicked for me that this was just like the poor man's version of the social network with drugs instead yeah. of friends. Yeah, you know, I was like, ah. oh, and then you know, with a poor man's version of Catch Me If You Can, like, and without Aaron Sorkin, know. yeah, without Aaron Sorkin, without Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's just like the I'm good out. value version of. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I just you know when is it when other than the social network name a good movie about the internet? Hackers. I said, yep, okay, all right. At least you had to think about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's about yeah. There's not many good movies about the internet. There's not good no. movies about the internet, mm-hmm. man. Just let the internet be the internet. Yeah. Just fucking watch YouTube. I man. mean, the social network was good, but. You know, yeah, I think, I think the station yeah. network was incredible. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, all right, next one up is Summertime, another one of mine. Um, it looks like uh, I don't know how you describe this. It looks like a, a story about uh, black use in the summertime in the city. Let me let me say to you right now, I think it's going to be a movie that's mostly spoken word poetry. Okay, I didn't. Did you look up about it? I didn't look it up, but it did say all all poems written by. Okay. And a lot of the dialogue was very stylized. Mm-hmm. There is a very like poetic, like a slam poetry kind of feel to it. Yeah, I, I think that um, maybe there's going to be a through line. It's kind of like those movies like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or Love Actually, where it's like a, just a bunch of different storylines that kind of like... Yeah, they just all happen to be happening in the same city, and I think it, they're all going to be vignettes or short yeah. stories that are primarily fucking poems, man. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I didn't pick up on the poetry part, but now that you mention it, it is a big part of it. It doesn't at any point go, "This is all about poetry" or anything. So it's like not it's subtle in that, but it definitely had like a, a do the right thing vibe. In you know, it's about being in the city in the summertime. Um. You know, and it, it's it's it looks like a mostly black cast, so it seems like it's based around the the African American community. Um, and uh, yeah, it looked really stylish to me. So what what are you gonna say? Hype! I think it's hype. You think it's hype? Here's the thing: I love poetry. Yeah. I love music. Yeah. I love theater. Yeah. I do not like spoken word poetry. No, I guess I'm. No, I, I was just talking. Yeah, I kind of like it, but yeah. Nope. Crashed. Anyway, what were you saying? You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? 
I can hear you. I can't see you. Oh, oh let me just share my screen again. Turn on <clears> camera. Let's see if this works. There we go. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're, you, so you're saying you don't, you're not really big into spoken word, like the slam poetry stuff. You're just not into it. I mean, I remember growing up, I watched all the Deaf Poetry Jam. Yeah, you, but that doesn't do it, it for you? And I just like, no. it doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm going to yeah. say uh, not the height. All right. I tend to I'm like just, those. Maybe I'm just taking an antagonistic. No, it's fine. I um, I like stories. Uh, I don't know what you call it. The different intertwining narratives. Yep. I kind of like that yep. stuff. So. Um, it did look, I mean, uh, to its credit, it looked bright. Yeah. It looked fun. Yeah. And like, I'll probably still watch it, but I'm going to go into it thinking like, oh, man, if this is too much poetry, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears> I think that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, it's just the problem with, self, with spoken word poetry is so earnest. Yeah. It's so yeah. self-important. It's so we're going to change the world with this poem. And like, yo, you've been doing this for a long enough time to know you're not. You're not gonna change the world. Yeah, you're not changing the world with this poem. Like nobody fucking cares about poetry anymore. So just like stay in your lane, write your poems down, and let the 15 people that still read poetry read it. It's mm. a very jaded view. That was, that's like more of a. That was like, the worst thing I've ever said. That I would say something like that, but not yes. But yeah, okay. I, 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 I said what I. Said. You went for it, man. I'm. I'm I understand. Uh, the last one on our list is Horizon Line. This is another one of mine. Uh, so this is a this is a thriller, kind of thriller <laughs> slash horror movie. The plot is that uh, the, a pilot played by Ke- the great Keith David um, is uh, flying some people to the Bahamas or something, or in the Bahamas sure. or something, or some some remote location. There's a witty banter at the beginning, and then the pilot looks to have a heart attack and dies. And then the rest of the movie is uh, this woman who has been shown very briefly how to fly a plane by this pilot before he passes away, has to fly this plane uh, by being talked to on the radio and coached. It's almost like a we're talking about like a speed, you know, a Sandra Bullock kind of thing, where she has to like... Fly the plane I, and I crash this, it. And, I equate this a little bit more with open water, yeah, or yeah, maybe Castaway. Where I think that part where she's being coached is probably the act, the third act. Okay, right. That there's going to be several story beats of them in the plane before they get radio connection with anyone else. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's, but they they have to like keep the plane flying for some reason. They can't landed anywhere uh obviously they're They're over the middle of the ocean yeah but i thought there was like an island around or something i don't know i think at the end of it okay uh yeah this looks like a piece of shit i'm gonna say not the hype this looks like a fucking (laughs) stupid movie like this movie should last like how much how much gas does a plane like that have like this movie's like i guess it's uh, hopefully it'll be in real time so we can actually feel the tension yeah, yeah, Whatever. yeah. I mean, it, it, I, uh, the trailer starts out with like they're on vacation, and it seemed like they were with a group of people. Yeah, 
and that these this couple, this boy and girl, are not actually together. And then out of nowhere, they're getting on a plane together with with, with this pilot. And all yeah. of a sudden, he just like the the movie just took or the trailer took this hard left. Yeah, from like romance story to oh my god, we're I don't know how to fly this plane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh shit, that's Keith David. I love Keith David. He's in the thing. He's in so many movies I like. He's it's all over video games. Like as a voice actor, great actor. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Is he hadn't been in something in a while? Oh, he's in it for two minutes and then he has a heart attack and dies. Okay, great. And he's literally <laughs> in it like, oh, and he's dead. <laughs> he's like, oh, and then he's like, oh, okay, yeah. What a, what a, such a fucking bad heart attack. Yeah, yeah. It's like. <laughs> It's like, oh, Keith Davis is just getting a check for this one. Yeah. Um <laughs> not the hype on that one. So yeah, that's good, one good, day of filming. good one to uh to to end on there. So that was Trailer Park. If you liked it, tell us. If you didn't like it, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um I'll tell you what. I love Trailer Park. Yeah, I do too. Uh, we should do it. We need to do it once a month, I think. I that's that sounds good because you can't do it every time. No, no, because we would run out of trailers that were worth worth discussing. I well, think, so. no, I'm pretty sure I can send you a bunch more uh, <laughs> Italian Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Now, Italian Heath Ledger, I'm in, I'm, I'm definitely in for that. So. <laughs> All right, let's, let's bring this thing home. Hugh Hugh Jackman. Hey, real quick. <laughs> what favorite three Hugh Jackman movies performances? boy what's his best one what's his best one i mean I, straight the first thing that comes to mind is logan yeah i think he's pretty damn good in that he, he's, he's good as, he's he's it, the, the, those x-men movies are kind of shitty overall but he's pretty good as wolverine in those things uh god i'm not i'm trying to think of like what other hugh jackman les miserables nah that doesn't do it for me. What do you What do you think? Uh, no, I, I think Logan. I, I do like him as Jean Valjean, although he got a lot of hate for it. I mean, that movie. You know, everybody hated that movie, even though everybody kind of loved it. I um, have no. I that's. I'm one of the few people that's like. Uh, I don't really care about that movie. You know, greatest showman on earth. He was in that or that play. Oh, he was in the Prestige. That's a fucking hell of a yeah. He's good in that. He's very good in that. Um, looking at uh, Real Steel, he was great in Real Steel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's Terrible. true. That's uh, true. <laughs> Deadpool two was in that. Oh yeah, he's a, he has Wolverine mm. in that. Yeah. Um, looking at other stuff. Prisoners. That was a pretty good movie with him in it. I think. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. good call. Um, shout outs! Shout outs! Man, he's been in a bunch of bad movies. <laughs> how about how about yeah. Swordfish? The great sword oh, fish in that. Um, yeah, I, I think that his performance in Logan is my favorite of his. Yep. All right. Well, you, uh, what are you doing? Take a picture of me. I'm, I'm, no, I'm getting ready to. I mean, we're going to push through this fucking OC episode. Unless you need to go to bed. Yeah. We can do it quick. I mean, I need I need to go to bed, but I mean, the guy I lost my virginity to had sex with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
Are you going to say the thing? Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're not watching the OC, get the fuck out. Welcome to Portland, bitch. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that. <laughs> yeah. So this episode is episode 24. God damn, how many episodes are in this a season of TV back then? <laughs> uh, the OC episode 24, season one, The Proposal. Um, the big story in this one is that Jimmy and... Uh, Jimmy and, and Sandy are trying to open the lighthouse, and uh, Cal has decided that he is going to ask uh, ask uh, Julie to marry him. We also have the ending of the Luke uh, storyline with uh, with the, the the situation with with Julie and with Marissa, um, and uh, that's it's kind of the, the episode, right? Yeah. Um. So. They're they're trying to uh, they're trying to they're doing a soft launch of the lighthouse this restaurant they put all this time into. So they're doing this party. It comes up that I guess they got a liquor license for this party, but they can't get a liquor license for they're they're being revoked uh, because the head of the the board that does the liquor licenses had all his money stolen by Jimmy when you know when Jimmy did the whole you know fucked up. And, you know, I, so I hope when somebody money. steals my retirement that I come back out of retirement and go straight to the head of the liquor license, and that's my job. <laughs> that's why he had to come back, man. He he retired after he made all those millions as the head of the liquor license board, and then uh, he had to come back because Jimmy lost. I like money. to think that that wasn't his job. <laughs> he just, yeah, it's Newport, and so he was like a contractor. He was the CEO yeah. of like some corporation, and then he had to come back and like yeah. he has to do public service now. I mean, I guess that's what yeah. they were getting at. Um, so Jimmy's kind of getting railroaded, but also you are meant to remember, oh yeah, Jimmy fucked these people over. So, uh, even Cal couldn't get that situation fixed. Um, that's how bad this thing is, is that they, they get, they go to Cal to try to get, uh, to get him to, uh, you know, to save the day, strong arm this guy or sweet talk him or whatever. And he's like, I I can't do anything. He's dead set. You shouldn't have stole the money. Yeah, um, he shouldn't have stole 250 G's. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and during this party, which is the central thing in the whole thing, is kind of this party, this episode. Um, which is like really off off cast for this show. What do you mean? Oh, that, that, well, that mean, it would take place at a party. We where we have a, yeah, a big There's party. A party. It's not a party at a pool this time, though. It's inside a restaurant um it is a, but it is at a dock there there's a dock there so someone could have gone in the water they didn't but um yeah so so cal decides to uh ask julie to marry him it's super awkward because you know jimmy's there the ex-husband and uh kirsten's there the you know kirsten and uh and haley are there and everybody's just kind of like what the fuck and ultimately Luke is there too. And Luke is there too. So it has come out. That, I, it has come out. I that, just in my notes at that moment. At that, I'm just. A, I know we don't. I usually wait, but for, during that moment that you're talking about, I said everyone's reaction to the proposal because it was one of the greatest moments of directing in this show so far. Where like yeah. he proposes, and then every single main character gets their own like three second reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then at the very end, it's Luke coming in half drunk and beleaguered in the front door, just wearing those fucking cargo shorts. Yeah. Just coming, stumbling in. <laughs> and the, the characters are almost relieved to see him make an ass of himself because they're like, oh, thank God, that was so fucking awkward. Now it can be awkward in a different way. Yeah, they, they, all the characters you can see on their face, they're all but like, boo! <laughs> Like, it's like they're all pissed off. Everybody's upset that nobody wants to see these two villains uh, get together, you know. And it's and it's during this party that's supposed to be celebrating the... It's kind of upstaging, you know, Sandy and, and Jimmy's big moment. Um, yeah, that was very good directing there. Just <laughs> the tension... And uh, there's some nice moments between Haley and uh, Kirsten in that where they're trying to like, you know, can you believe this is happening kind of thing. And then there's also, and then Jimmy and Haley and Kirsten and Sandy all commiserate at some point in time together where they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And, 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 and what kind of ties it off is earlier in the episode, Marissa just goes, this is the worst exposition. She goes, if my mother marries Caleb Nichols, she'll be the most important woman in all of Newport. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or most powerful. powerful most yeah. powerful woman. It's like, really, we've really set up this like villain and villain together yeah. relationship. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I, it's like, is it really going to change that much? Like, I mean, I guess so. I guess there is enough that Julie has done that's ill that there's there's room to worry but um the the whole luke side story of this or like the other plot is the other main plot is that it has come out that luke is is going to leave with his father his father's leaving town to move to portland oregon and luke's gonna go with him because you know kind of like he feels like he's fucked everything up for everybody there he doesn't have any friends it's this is a really sad moment where he's like i don't have any friends anymore and Everything was good and I fucked it up. And he's been, he's kind of pushed to leave town, you know, like the star quarterback is going to leave town, you know, because of these, this situation with Julie. Um, and he wants to say goodbye to Marissa. It's ill advised, but also he is a high school kid and you could see him wanting to like try to make this right or whatever because he still cares about Marissa, you know, but she doesn't want to see him and he's like wants to tell her in person that he's moving, that he's leaving. That's kind of like there's this whole thing. I, I'm kind of like, man, yeah, I wish she would have just talked to him, but whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so Luke eventually shows up at the party because he knows Marissa's going to be there, and he's drinking in the parking lot in his giant truck. He has like one, yeah. he has one beer, it looks like, and he's just sloppy drunk. But <laughs> well, you know, yeah, water polo kids—they don't have a big tolerance because nah. they're such athletes, yeah, right? And, you know, and he stumbles into this thing and sees this and he, he flees and he's drunk. And, and, uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan and Luke have a weird relationship, but they're ultimately, they, they look out for each other, even though they have been at, at odds at so many times in the show, they have a respect for each other, you know, and they've both come to each other's rescue at times when they didn't, weren't required to. So Ryan, you know, convinces Marissa that they got to go find Luke before he gets hurt. You know, then Luke is up on this, he drives up to the top of this, like, you know, lookout area and he's drinking more and he's listening to night moves by, uh, Bob Seger, of course, you know, his, he's his song. Stealing all my notes. You're stealing. Sorry. All my notes. Yeah. No, it's fine. 
and uh, they they're desperately trying to get a hold of him. He answers the phone. This is kind of sad conversation, but he won't tell him where he is. And then it winds up that that Luke has crashed his car drunk and uh, is taken to the hospital. And and Marissa and Ryan show up to see the wreck. You know the aftermath. And then the the Scooby Doo gang goes to uh to the hospital to uh wait for him to wake up. You know. We have this whole side story of uh, Seth and Summer don't really have a lot to do in this episode. They're kind of like trying to fix up Marissa's room for her because she hasn't unpacked yeah. her stuff at her dad's house. And so there's some continuity issues there. Yeah, yeah. There's one point where like Summer, or no, Marissa's not supposed to be at the house because they're going to surprise her, and then Marissa's at the house, but they're not at the house. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what is going on here? Um. Yeah, there was some continuity stuff there. Um. There was also a scene where there were... Marissa was downstairs in the apartment, and then the next scene was Seth and Summer upstairs in the room. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they were both. They were all there at the same time, but Marissa doesn't hear them screwing things into the wall and banging on the walls. Yeah, like, stuff. what like, the fuck? But whatever. Yeah. There is some nice band... There is a whole other... Actually, I, I forgot the whole plot line of, like... There's a whole thing of like Seth feels like he's not enough of a man. Yeah, there's a lot of gay jokes at the beginning of the episode. There is like a a gender roles thing going on, which to be fair, Summer diffuses that later on. She does go, I don't care. Like we we do what we do and you don't have to play this role. You don't have to be this dude. Yeah. And I can I can I can nail something to the wall. You don't have to do it for me, you know. But yeah, there is a little bit of like, why would Seth care about this? But I guess it was a different time, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but the the main thing is like this, this sort of Luke situation. Um, and I don't know. I felt really bad for Luke in this. I mean, Luke, in this rewatch, Luke has been one of my favorite characters. And I really liked what they did with him originally. And then this last storyline with him and Julie just like I feel like they just threw his character in the garbage you know um I did not like it and I felt like I felt like he was a victim here like he you know Julie kind of ruined his life in a way like he he thinks it's his fault but he's a kid you know and she's pushing him out of town like he's I don't think you're wrong I don't know well she didn't she didn't know that he was okay let's be real clear here let me fact check you a little bit yeah she didn't know he got in a wreck. She no. didn't know he was going out of town. She wanted to protect herself and her own reputation. Sure. She is at fault. You know, she has responsibility in the situation, yeah. but also Luke is technically 18, as we have been told yeah. now by the writers, you know, conveniently. Yeah. Luke did fuck his, you know, ex-girlfriend, high school sweetheart's mom. Yeah. And Thought that he fell in love with her. Okay, maybe, you know, love makes you do crazy things. But he uh, he also, like, he also fumbled the ball, like, three times. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, th- like, he fumbled the ball by doing it in the first place. Okay, fine. Yeah. But, like, the second time, you know, he got caught by – he got caught by Ryan and Seth. Mm-hmm. And Ryan and Seth, you got you got to stop it. He tries to stop it and he does stop it successfully. And then he goes into Ryan's pool house and fumbles the ball. Okay, fine. And then the third fumble was him meeting Julie at the mall. Yeah. Where like Ijamba juice, like that was dumb of both of them to do. And that's part of like 
that's just some like story writing. Like they had to create that conflict one more time, right? Yeah, um, they did. So I, I think that you're partially. Well, I think you're totally right when you say the writers, the writers threw this character in the trash, and they're just like done with them. They don't know what to do with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you there. Do I think that he is like straight up a victim and being run out of town by Julie? No, I think some of that is his own stuff and like he needs a fresh start in portland yeah. because you know his dad's gonna move there he'll, he'll do fine in portland yeah i mean I, I, just, I would like this spinoff show of of luke in portland luke and his dad in portland yeah i would i would watch that i would watch that yeah i would love to see that um yeah i guess my art my counter argument to that would be that he's still a kid you know he's still a high school kid He's, yeah, of I course mean, he's made these bad many, decisions, you know, like, I don't know. It's but. a it's a good thing that we don't have a drinking game for somebody takes a shot every time you say, yeah, but X is a kid. Yeah, but and I mean, it is a story about kids and adults, you know, it's like, I don't know. You're but, right. I don't disagree yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not fighting hard for it. I just, I just feel bad for Luke, you know, even though it's his own doing. But I also I feel bad for Luke because he had to wear those cargo shorts. <laughs> I kind of want a pair of those cargo shorts. They're pretty <laughs> pretty good looking. Um, luckily, Luke is you know he's not seriously injured. But and and we do have this moment between him and Marissa where he gets to say goodbye and kind of I'm sorry. And uh, you know, it's a uh, you know it's kind of it's, it's sad. It's bittersweet. His friends wind up going to the hospital and waiting for him. You know, Ryan refuses to leave. His dad is like. You guys go home, go home and get some sleep. And Ryan's like, no, nah, I'm staying here because he would do that for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is kind of nice. Um, and I don't know. I think it's just, it was just time for Luke to go. I guess I, I, I wish they had had other things for Luke to do, but I guess they just didn't. And What they, else could he have done? I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know, but I, 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 w- I would rather them to just had him leave with his dad before they did this whole Julie storyline, you know? Yeah. It feels like they kind of were like, let's see if we can keep him viable in the show. And then, you know, it feels at some point maybe the actor, too, was like, I don't have anything to do. I'm maybe, you know. Yeah, he probably thought he was about something. to go have a movie career with that jawline. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice jawline. Then, then Chris yeah. Hemsworth showed yeah. up and said, psych. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, was that? what was that? What was that guy from Wings? Oh, uh. Hey, Thomas, Thomas Hayden, Hayden Church. Yeah. 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 He's in a sideways. He's like, he's, like, he's Ryan Atwood is to Russell Crowe. Yeah. But Luke is to Thomas Hayden Church. What, let's get a movie with all four of them and they get to <laughs> play younger versions of themselves or whatever. You know? It was a, that was already happened. It was a time travel movie called Looper. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good movie. Yeah. Um, Yo, yeah, this is a good podcast tonight. What's up? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's, considering that <laughs> nobody's listening to this part anymore, I think no, you know, no, like everybody's yeah. in for the yeah. first bit, and nobody's listening yeah. to OC anymore. So this is really just us. Yeah, this this is our time. Um, yeah, and we have this kind of sad conclusion to the lighthouse, where the the solution is that Cal has bought the lighthouse to try to bribe Marissa to deal with her mom. Ugh. Um. You know, uh, but there there is like a real tension to that scene where she's got to talk to Cal and she's going to out her mom. And then she sees this moment where she can like help her dad, you know, and there's yeah. even there's a, there's good there's the acting between her and Cal are, is really good. 
uh, that scene is like there's tension and then Ryan and her after the fact where she kind of lays the law down of like, hey, this is what's got to happen. You know, when he's kind of like, are you sure you're okay with this? Um, some some good stuff there. But uh, I, I was sad that the, uh, I think the lighthouse just gets jettisoned at this point, right? So I, I was, I yeah. was, I was looking forward to Sandy and, and Jimmy open a restaurant, but it, it's another thing that feels like th- they didn't have it totally planned out or something. And they just decided, well, we kind of run out of steam on this. So let's get rid of it. Um, yeah, I, 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 it sucks because it was one of my favorite. I mean, it's one of my favorite storylines because it's like a, it's like a buddy, yeah. a buddy movie. Yeah. Um, and they've become Jason friends Segal in a way that, like, they were not friends this way. They were not very good friends before, and they've they became it's San, Sandy and Jimmy have both stood up for each other during this whole lighthouse thing, particularly yeah. in this episode too. You know, yeah, and uh, you yeah, know. Sandy's being good guy, Sandy, yeah. integrity, Sandy. Yeah, um, I have some notes. Yeah, yeah, go, go tell me your notes. Seth's t-shirt at the beginning of the episode. Did you clock that? What did it say? Is a state outline in the state of Missouri, and it says, "Put me out of my Missouri." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good shirt. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a there was a gay joke to begin the post credit scene, and then the next scene later, there was a secret handshake, and Seth goes, "It's a guy thing." There's a lot of like Seth like performing masculinity, as you've already said. Yeah, but like it's almost as it's a, as if it's in opposition. Uh, or like you know the whole there's still like residual fear of gayness yeah and so like if there's any you know non-traditional gender mm-hmm. roles it's like all of a sudden there's we got to make a gay joke here yeah um i said summer is a good friend this is definitely like the kindest gesture that summer's done all season oh yeah by, the, yeah you know? I, the, I i meant to bring that up too like the the episode ends with we've seen them trying to the thing is, Marissa's depressed. She doesn't want to unpack her boxes of her stuff at her dad's house. So Summer enlists Seth to fix up her room and put her stuff away. And they fix her room up like spectacularly. And Seth even paints this That's- painting of Paris on the wall, and which is like the flipping of the gender roles, right? I'm going to be the one that paints because the girl usually paints, but she's the one who's good with the tools. So, um, yeah. But there is this really nice moment that makes me, it's another one of these closing moments of the show that makes me go, Oh, this is why I love these characters. Like the four of the, the the main four of the Scooby-Doo gang are in the room and it's the reveal to Marissa that that they've done this to her room. And she's like in tears and I'm in tears. And it's like this moment of like, yeah, everything's been rough for you. And we did this for you. And that was because of summer. Yeah. So she's, she's a really good friend. And it's this heartfelt thing. I mean, yeah. And she like, summer walks into that room. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode, and then says, "Oh, do you mind if I just like stay and watch TV?" Yeah. You know, blames it on her stepmom, and it. We can see the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. We know Summer's going to do something nice, but we didn't realize how big. And I mean, they spent all weekend on it, stayed up all night, whatever. Yeah, and and yeah, to go ahead and flash forward to the end of the episode, I, I wrote this episode finale is so sweet. Yeah, I think it's one of like maybe only three episodes that ends on a happy note. Usually we end on a cliffhanger to take us into the next week. Yeah. But you know, this is a, just, this is just a nice kind of like tie up. We know, we know new story is coming. Mm-hmm. 
but we've tied up a lot of old story and yeah. we've, we let the gang finish all four of them on a bed. And then there's another gay joke at the end. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's like Ryan yeah. makes a, a jab. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the last episode did end in a nice heartwarming way too, because, uh, they all have the Seder dinner together and it, True. it pans out. And so, yeah, but it is rare that we have these, but when we have these moments, it reminds me of like, Oh, there's all this crazy shit going on. But like, I watch the show because I love these characters and I love their friendship, you know? And, totally. and that it was really like when Seth is like, I know you like Paris. So we painted Paris in here. Like, and she's like welling up. Like, she's like, this is so yeah. nice of you guys to do this for me. You know, so thoughtful. It really was. Yeah. Was it was true. extreme yeah. home makeover Marissa edition. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. you know what we haven't done in a while? Ryan to Marissa on the boardwalk and then he goes in for the kiss. But I don't know what that song is, that song cue there, but it was a good song. I don't have any. The only song I have on here is Night Moves. I didn't recognize any of the other songs as far as the titles. Yeah. Oh, here it is. If my mom marries him, she's going to be the most powerful woman in Newport. (laughs) Ryan suggests to Luke uh, because Luke's like, she won't talk to me. Marissa won't talk to him. And... (laughs) And Ryan goes, I don't know, man, write her a letter. And I immediately yelled at the TV as I was Luke. I can't write. (laughs) (laughs) He does look like he's like, he does look like Ryan is like, you write it in the sky or something. He's like, what? Ridiculous. I can't write a letter. Um, Marissa go while Summer and Southern doing the room. Um, this marriage is the asteroid that hit the earth. Now we just need to see what species survives. I think that was a Sandy line. Yeah. Um, drunk Luke listens to Bob Seeger. Yeah. Um, I heard you. I just wanted to hear you say it again. Great callback. Yeah. It was when Caleb says it to uh, Sandy, you know, which Sandy had originally said about what was it? Uncle Sean. Yeah, it's about doing favors for each other. And yeah, I want you. I need to do you do me a favor. Yeah, Um, we've gone full soap. Yeah, that's what I said when when it comes time to lighthouse party. Like this is just straight up soap opera shit. Um, Also, okay, so Luke wakes up in the hospital bed after the car wreck, Mm -hmm. and Marissa's there. She's gonna see him, and he, you know, they have this moment that's like. Kind of sweet, kind of okay. And then I feel like Luke ruins it by asking for forgiveness. He's like, can you forgive me? Yeah. And I wrote down, like, why does Luke ask for forgiveness? Like, who actually asks for forgiveness? And is it okay to ask for forgiveness? Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's like he should have said, I'm sorry, you know, instead of, like, can you forgive me? It's a very, like, a selfish kind of, like, approach to it, but. Yeah. Um, welcome to Portland, bitch. Great line. Yeah, Love it's a great it. callback. Call it. yeah. It's like his. We we're saying goodbye to his character because it's full circle now. That we what he is the line he said, the famous line he said in the first episode, the pilot. He gets to do the twist on it here. Um, I think finally I rem- I had forgotten completely. I had forgotten. I I remembered that Caleb and Julie got married. You know, I don't think it's too big of a spoiler now that they're engaged to say that they get married. Yeah. But I forgot entirely about Caleb blackmailing Marissa to move back into the house. Yeah. 
And that broke me so much. Like as much as I dislike Marissa as just like a, you know, performance on the show and character in the show, I felt, oh man, I was just like, God, what a great Machiavellian kind of maneuver of Caleb to like, I'm going to do, uh, this is the world he lives in. Like he is dirty yeah, and he's going to do something dirty to try to make someone happy and it just doesn't even phase him to blackmail the 16 year old girl into living with her mother who she hates it is odd that he's able to he his character in particular talks to these kids on their level almost like they're adults you know like there is a level of respect between him and her and ryan and whatever whenever he has to have some interaction with them he doesn't talk to them like they're a small child or condescends them or anything you know which in a way makes it more scary i guess yeah. Because he's like, I don't know. He's just this force. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, there's it's also. A, it's, a, it's a testament to the actor. He's, he's, he's one of the best actors in the show. I mean, um, yeah. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but um, yeah. And there's also this part of me, though, in that scene where I was like, well, Cal, this is fucked up, but Cal's, he does care in a way. It's like really fucked up. He's doing this for Julie. But he, it's because he cares enough somehow, you know, I guess. Unless he's just a complete sociopath, I don't know, you know? Well, I think he's just like the type that's like, I'm going to arrange this world to fit my needs. Yeah. And I want my future wife to be happy, therefore I'm going to get her daughter back into the house. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't really care how that happens. Yeah. What I care is I've I've provided this for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I love how deep into psycho pop, you know, pop psycho analysis we get with these characters. It's just <laughs> like, it's great. Well, like, it's great. Cal is like an interesting character because you don't know, like, he has these moments of like humanity, but then he does these things that are just so fucking calculated and vicious, you know? Yeah. But it's not like he's not it's not like he's beating people up or like murdering people or anything like that. He's just doing these things that are like ethically like, ugh, that's gross that you're blackmailing a sixteen year old, you know? Yeah. To like make your wife happy. I mean, but... You don't get to become Riviera magazine's man of the year by just being normal. Yeah, true. You gotta you gotta there's 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 let a reason yeah <laughs> let that one hang yeah uh i'm all out of i'm all out of uh, oc talk i'm also all out of uh, <laughs> uh yeah awake i'm falling yeah. asleep uh so we're gonna end the episode here uh you can check us out iltos.com our shitty website or you can go to uh spotify and find us on there um and uh yeah that's uh, i guess that's it we out Yeah.